Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed, and we're here to talk Star Wars. That's what we do here on the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. I'm Ken Napsack. This is Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello. And that's Jennifer Landa. Hola. <laughs> oh, I was waiting in those that half second to see what you'd say. And I was, 
pleased with the result. Almost done. Almost done. Um, we are here to talk uh, Star Wars review, but specifically a topic that's uh, look every topic excites us. But this is one that I've been uh, uh, really excited to talk about for the last couple of days. We're going to talk about unreliable narrators in Star Wars and what do we want? Do we want more? Do we like it? What do we feel about it? And I uh, will reference some of my favorite other pop culture uh, uh, franchises and stories. Uh, Joseph might too. Jennifer might as well. Uh, so it's going to be a fun nerd conversation here on Force Center. But uh, before we dive on in, I always like to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for uh, your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. So, Joseph, Jennifer, uh, we are so close to Star Wars Celebration, a, l- a lot of stuff to talk about there, but what about our own Star Wars adventures and our own life adventures, sir? Yeah, just about celebrating Star Wars in our day-to-day life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do a lot of that this week. <laughs> I did. I read a little bit of uh, Queen's Shadow, and we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars Resistance, a uh, big finale, which I watched. That was great, but uh, this is my, my really weird week of the year, uh, where my wife, Sarah, is stage managing a cruise, so oh, I was yeah. alone for eight days, and it was it was. Uh, it's always both uh, disturbing and like a great chance to sort of reset my mind. So I spent almost the. I had a few things where I saw other humans, but I Ooh. think I didn't leave my apartment for three days. Wow. Yeah, that's like, comforting. Yeah, it's comforting, and it just. I decided to rewatch all of Twin Peaks because mm-hmm. I've never rewatched all of it with the uh, okay. original series and this uh, new season three that came out in uh, 2017. Uh, and that is a very dreamy show that gets you in its own headspace. And then I had a bunch of writing to do. So I was just kind of in different imaginary dream worlds. <laughs> You're like <laughs> for in your, days. your own cabin of your soul. <laughs> yes. Kinda. Yes. So it's oh, great to be back great. in the world with other humans. Yeah. That's awesome. Welcome back to the living. Yeah. Sir. Welcome back to the living. Uh, Jennifer. I no, I haven't. I didn't do anything Star Wars related. I thought about reading Lost Stars. <laughs> thought about it. That's great. <laughs> we went to the beach yesterday. I was like, oh, I'll have some time to read. But I, I'm, I just finished. Well, I was going. I was going to. I had a book. I had like twenty pages left of a detective novel I've been reading, Ooh. and I was like, should I finish that book? Or should I dive into Lost Stars? <laughs> and I stared at the mm. book for a few seconds. I'm like, a detective book. It Finish is. the detective book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it turned out good because I was so busy people watching and listening to other people's conversations. Yeah. I only read like not even a chapter. So <laughs> were you pretending to read while you listened to everyone else I around you? I was so engrossed by everyone's conversations. <laughs> and there was like a supposedly a stingray attack. But yet what? my yeah wow. my daughter and my husband were frolicking in the water, so I'm like, well, nobody's told us about this attack, yeah. except <laughs> I overheard it. Did you start yelling stingray, stingray to your family? No, but I was like, well, someone will tell us. The lifeguard will come over. Someone will tell us. Yeah, it was just like a parent saying, screams of humanity will let us know. So then I started like looking on the beach. I'm like, is anyone hurt? And then I say people on the ground. I'm like, oh, no, they're just building a sandcastle. It's okay. That's awesome. And then a stingray destroyed. (laughs) That's a great trip to the beach. Mm. I, I just have this vision of you in a big, wide summer beach hat. With some glasses, maybe a little zinc on your nose, pretending to read a book while you're spying <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, it's a totally fake you. book. It just says a mystery on the cover, and you're just peering over it. Fitting that it was a detective That's novel. Awesome. I did some yeah, recon work. Fake headphones, put the headphones in, but you're really listening to people around you. I had a big tent 
Yeah. Big t- <laughs> so that I called it my home base. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, uh, for myself, uh, none either. Let's count reading a lot of the Padme book on a plane. Nice. Um, and all that kind of stuff. I was up at Emerald City Comic Con up there in Seattle. Did some shows with Mark Ellis and Josh McCuga. A little bit away from the convention. Got to be in a cool panel with our friend uh, Darina Ariano and Claudia Dolph on their on their music and movies, pop culture, need to drop panel. Um, and I'll say this. Not a lot of Star Wars around, and that's not what that convention's really about. Yeah. Um, but it made me think, in about a month, I will be surrounded by Star Wars. <laughs> it will Wars. be all Star right. Wars. Take a big Star Wars bath. Yeah, and like one person dressed as Spock, just to be yeah. sort of ironic and fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it was It was good. It was, it was fun, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Star Wars Celebration. And speaking of that, the Force Center Celebration specials going on, Joseph. We got we get good news. Yeah, we are sold out. Oh, sold out. Uh, wow. Wonderful news. So thank you to everyone who bought a ticket. We do have a super limited space, and we've gotten some very nice tweets um, from fans saying, is there any chance that more tickets will become available. If somebody who already has a ticket, uh, you know, sells it or, you know, back to brown paper tickets and more become available, we'll let people know right away. Right. Uh, but this one's, this show is kind of hard to manage because it's in a super small space. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot of extra room, so there probably won't be any tickets at the door, unfortunately. Yeah. And we would love, of course, we we're so excited to see that people want to come and, and bought out the tickets, yeah. uh, which is great for us in when we consider doing other live shows, other places. And so hopefully there'll be lots of other opportunities. Yeah, you know, it, it is a great opportunity with the Lulu Brewery that kind of showed up a little bit late in the game in terms of preparation for celebration. We know a lot of people at other events, and we're not holding back tickets. We're not sitting on a secret <laughs> treasure trove yeah. of 30 tickets. We're not playing games with y'all. It is sold out, and we're so excited. Um, and, and we'll be around the convention. Uh, Joseph's got a big movie trivia showdown competition. There's the live event. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for a scrimshaw Alex Damon rematch. <laughs> Not going to lie. We'll be around and we'll get to see your faces and celebrate Star Wars with you. But stay tuned for any updates on that. Final check-in, Star Wars Resistance, the finale. Came uh, came and dropped in our laps, depending yeah. on when you watched it. And uh, uh, I know Jennifer, you and, and a lot of fans haven't uh, had a chance to or, or caught up. Uh, and uh, there's just a lot of Star Wars content. There's a lot of content out there, but Joseph and I have been watching mm-hmm. and the season. First season is done. Yeah, and it, I think it ended in a great and surprising way, and I think this is definitely a, a, a wooga wooga <laughs> spoiler noises, go away for a minute uh, while yeah. we talk about it uh, if you don't want to know, but damn, they had a really, I think, great twist on everybody's expectations. I think it was yep. like a uh, really fair, a fair game twist. Yeah, I, 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 I guess we'll... I guess you've will spoil the warning. Yes. Spoil the Colossus is a ship. Yep. <laughs> so it, it had been presented to us as it's a big, just floating station. It's on this planet. Yeah. And I think I, I read a great interview that uh, Anthony Bresnikin did with some of the uh, producers, and they said that we just tried to treat it from Kaz's perspective, like everybody mm. else on the ship probably knows. Probably. But we so saw this show, and this ties into our yes. main topic of unreliable narrators. We <laughs> so saw the show from Kaz's perspective, yeah. and he was told it's this, and he never thought to ask her question that it was something yeah. different. And neither did we. I think as uh, as recently as maybe two weeks ago, we were having the conversation about like, well, how are they going to go forward with the the show because they're just there on that platform? <laughs> yeah, and I think it was a really fun and fair twist. They're like, no, they're not. Yeah, out, yeah. So, so it ends with our our team on the ship. Yeah, and they uh, again huge spoiler warning. They're trying to head to Dakar, but they had to rush and they screwed up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're just in hyperspace and they're going somewhere, somewhere. But they're this. So it's it's so now very similar. 
but very different to Rebels, where it's like, yes, this is the story of the people who are fighting against the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But you're learning it through this one little group, and they really, really hammered home that the people on this station now are a little family. Mm-hmm. They're all together. That yep, the First Order is awful, yeah. and the Resistance must be fought, and we're gonna end up somewhere and try somewhere. to survive. I, it was a nice, it was a twist, and then a twist because I'm thinking. Are they going to come out of hyperspace in Dakar and the supremacy's there or not yeah. the supremacy, but uh, uh, the dreadnought there, the full matrix. And, and are we doing a weird time jump? Cause the Hosnian prime thing just happened. Uh, and then they, Nope, we're nope. going to end up somewhere. Yep. Huh. Somewhere out <laughs> there. Uh, and I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't have to worry about all the pieces connecting. Yeah. This is going on and it's part of the fight and it's yeah. part of the story. And I think uh, it was so great what they did with Tam to give a really, oh, yeah. really different and interesting perspective and to, uh, you know, a, a, a woman character. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some great storytelling that hinges on that. A lot of stuff about the First Order, uh, a lot of great fighting in the final mm-hmm. episode, in the final yeah. couple episodes. I didn't see, I will admit, I looked down a couple times, I was working on a project, I didn't see O'Peepit. I didn't see O'Peepit either. I mean, we know he's there, but. He's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the leader of the Resistance. O'Peepit, <laughs> the breakout star of season one. <laughs> Absolutely. For star me, Star Wars is. Resistance. So that's uh, our catch-up. That's the news on Force Center Celebration Special and all the stuff going on there. So, uh, again, stay tuned for information on that. And if you didn't watch Star Wars Resistance and you uh, just pop back in from our little quick spoiler discussion, I think uh, it's worth checking out if you're a a Star Wars fan who enjoys the entire picture, the entire story, the canon story out there in front of you. Uh, We will probably be doing, we'll announce when, we're going to do a little look back in Resistance uh, special episode. And also going to be reviewing the Padme novel, uh, which I think Joseph and I both need to finish. Yes. It, it's so funny. It's a, it's a, it's an easy read because it's classified as a young adult, which doesn't mean it's simple. It just means, I think, the font's a little bigger. <laughs> exactly. And uh, having just read Fire and Blood, which I'm sure I'll mention in today's episode, which is a thick George R.R. R. Martin read, I was like, I'm going to breeze through this. <laughs> and I just haven't because of travel and everything. Yeah. So we're going to get through it and we're going to review that book. All right, Jennifer, step into the batter's box. Take a swing at this fastball. It's time for some Star Wars news. Uh, okay. The, so the celebration <laughs> panel that Star Wars fans have been waiting for is happening on Friday, April 12th. That day, J.J. Abrams is hitting the stage for the Episode 9 panel, along with special guests who have yet to be announced. Hopefully the panel will be live-streamed, as these p- big panels have been in the past, but it's safe to assume that fans in the audience will get a first look at the Episode 9 trailer, along with the long-awaited title of the film. We haven't gotten word yet on the time of the panel, but it will most likely be before noon, as these panels in the past have been, <laughs> just uh, hit that news cycle, get everyone <laughs> set for the day. So, no, Ken, you went to the, was it the last Jedi panel at Celebration? Yeah, 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 2017. Gosh, that seems like so long ago. Doesn't yesterday. it? How, what yeah. was that experience like, and are you going to be able to sneak into this one? Uh, <laughs> we, we are hoping, we're hoping, and uh, Joseph and I are going to kind of uh, take our little uh, pa- badges and, and hope to, to, to get in that panel. Um, it, it's hard even for press to get in. So if you're in, it's fun. It's it's really exciting. The love of Star Wars is all around. Um, all the online stuff, all that stuff that we battle sometimes as, as fans, not just just positive fans, but just Star Wars fans in general, it's gone when it's there. So that's fun, and I think it'll be even more exciting if, if they don't release a title until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope they do that. I hope they just, like... Yeah, at this point, it's you know? so close. Uh-huh. And to see the title being informed by whatever the content of the trailer is. 
right? right? Excellent point. If the if the, the if they've held back on the title because it does suggest where the movie is going, and it would be kind of not a spoiler, but you know, if there's something tonally that suggests like, you know, that is a a wonderful and insightful point, and I'm not surprised you would have that. <laughs> Uh, but I never really thought it in those terms. Yeah, I don't think spoiler is just like, I don't think the title is going to be, you know, Kylo Ren fix or whatever, <laughs> Ren you know. Uh, Kylo Ren dies in this one. But something that's like, re-centers, what is, what are, what's at stake in like, this movie? Aven- mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, which is a reveal with the trailer, you know, there's no necessary surprise in that, uh, that yeah. title. Uh, but we also know a new phase is beginning, and so all that makes sense, and I love that they, they waited for that, for the Marvel, um, uh, you know, universe to just... Here's your title and here's the trailer. But yeah, that could mean, I mean, as much as we love to speculate, all, all of us Star Wars fans and who is The Last Jedi and why is The Force Awakening, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it all drops in our laps at once. Yeah. And it's not going to, maybe it's not going to be just the final chapter in the song, you know? That's <laughs> yeah. a great point. That's a great point. It should be very interesting. And I think yeah. in this trailer, or not this trailer, but this panel, I think we're all focused on the title and the trailer. I'm really excited to see what J.J. Abrams wants to say. Mm. Because at that Last Jedi one that I watched live streaming, that was where Ryan Johnson dumped a lot of information about the new characters. Right. That he specifically said, Rose Tico, here's who Rose Tico is. Came right out of uh, Ryan's mouth. So it'll be interesting if J.J. Abrams shares that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's going to be very interesting. Old mystery box Abrams. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And it'll be cu- I'm curious to see how they handle the, the line. Because yeah. I know that there was some issues last time with people waiting and then people cutting. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot. And, and I, you know, uh, I got a question the other day in uh, one of my Napsack Files podcasts from Lauren Romo, who's a Force Center fan and, and, and runs the, the Star Wars The Last Fan Group page. Um and this is her first convention, and she had. Oh you know, wow! Like, yeah, that was exactly my. This is a big one. It's You're so like, intense. Yeah, it's big. Uh, I think fans should be aware of the possible problems with waiting for these panels, and if you decide to do that, and the payoff is great, you might lose a lot of your convention to a concrete floor. Waiting. Yeah, and yeah, that's just the reality. And I think in their press releases they said they had two overflow rooms. So there's great. the oh, it's special that you're actually in physically in the room with mm-hmm. that tiny dot way up there that is J.J. Abrams. Great. Yes. Uh, but I think it's really cool that they have the overflow rooms because it's so weird to be at a convention. I've had this experience at San Diego Comic-Con, but it's specifically to be at Star Wars Celebration yeah. and not see the trailer when everybody else does. Right. But the people at home on the couch con can see it. <laughs> So I'm glad that they're having those overflow rooms. Right. Like just just because you can't get in the room, you can still have this information at the same time the rest of the world does. And if you're waiting in some line overnight, good chance J.J. Abrams might show up with some donuts. Yeah, that's right. A literal <laughs> yeah. mystery box of <laughs> donuts. Well, if you thought that was the end of the special guest announced for a celebration, you were wrong. <laughs> There's so many more Star Wars celebrities that are heading to Chicago, like Bobby Moynihan of SNL and Star Wars Resistance <laughs> wait, fame. Wait, 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 could you go... Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> Lauren Peterson, one of the founding members of Industrial Light and Magic, who was hired to help create models for Star Wars A New Hope. Penny McCarthy, who played a Deveronian <coughs> in the Cantina in A New Hope. 
Creature performer Annabelle Davis, who portrayed Thromba in The Force Awakens. Thromba is the same species as Opipit mm. from Resistance. Mm. Ah. So great. Oh, right, yeah. 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 And lastly, it wouldn't be a celebration without the legendary Warwick Davis making an appearance. So they will all be doing signings in the Topps autograph area, but I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Warwick Davis will also do a panel of some sort. He always does. Or host. Or yeah, or I think host, he's exactly. been their, their go-to MC, so I'm yeah, sure he'll be host. doing that. Yeah, as a host, exactly. Um, of the of this batch, mm-hmm. which uh, which tickles your fancy? <laughs> uh, Forrest Whitaker is a really interesting one to me. Oh, that's yeah. coming. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, okay, coming. okay, okay. That's next. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that that's the one. <laughs> Sorry to jump ahead in your news stories, but uh, I think I'm. Uh, I want some damn panel announcements. Is how I'm feeling because these are all pay for autographs. Right. And that's cool. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. amazing. Especially, it's amazing that you can go get like an autograph for this like woman who was on the ground, you yeah. know, playing a Deveronian in the canteen. And like, that's awesome. Yeah. But like, I want to hear from these people. And I want to know which ones we're going to be able to go to their panels. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. Cause we get asked, like, Hey, who are you excited to see? Like, I, I won't be seeing any of these cause this is yeah. autograph alley. Yeah. This is a long wait and a lot of money. Um, you know, I just would rather try to track them down at some fast food restaurant near the convention center. <laughs> yeah. Hey Bobby. Um, oh, but I'm excited. Everyone's going. I love the, 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 the little, morsels of of history i played this weird character then a fan like bobby moynihan who's so happy to be part of star wars resistance uh, and has a great little funny character that's always fun i do feel like you're right some of these people it seems like they might be going for a specific panel and then oh yeah they're also going to be signing autographs yeah yeah. i feel like bobby would be a part of a star wars resistance panel yeah you know what i mean yeah and they've announced that there's going to be a resistance panel so yeah yeah, of course exactly and lauren peterson boy he would be great to have on a panel Mm -hmm. about uh, sculpting the galaxy that would be fantastic so we'll see we shall see we're going to unveil a new T-shirt called I Want a Damn Panel Announcement. <laughs> I love that quote. Forget the title. We want yeah. panels. And if those guests weren't enough, guess what? There's more. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker, Yay. a.k.a. Sagar himself, will be at the convention. Sci-fi star Katie Sackoff, who played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica, my favorite, and voiced Bo-Katan on Clone Wars and Rebels. Droid builders Lee Towersy, Josh Lee, and Matt Denton. Prequel star Hugh Quarshy, who plays Captain Panaka, will be in the top autograph area. You can purchase your autograph tickets now if you haven't already. Okay. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, well, I know who's going to be signing up to see him. Well, maybe he'll be at the at the panel. Uh, oh the God. Phantom Menace panel, I really hope so, yeah. Yeah, right? He absolutely yeah. should be. Yeah, he's great. I love him. He is. He was a surprise. I don't know if he's been. Well, we, I don't know. And this is an urban legend. Talk about unreliable narrators. I don't know where exactly this goes. But I, I, the reason there's Captain Typho is I thought, you know, Hugh Corshi kind of bowed out of yeah. Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons. He's also a very accomplished uh, theater actor in, in London and everything. So don't take that as fact from me. That's just me kind of remembering 20 years ago or, you know, 20, 2002 when Typho showed up. But 20 years later, it's exciting yeah. to get everyone back in the fold that wants to come back. Yeah, and this is where I get really curious to be, like, there's just a, an economy now of, like, uh, did you briefly walk on the set of Star Wars at any point? You can make money by coming to a convention like this. Yes. Versus people who are going to share their thoughts on a panel. Yes. You know, and that's why I got excited about, like, yes. Forrest Whitaker. Honestly, Hugh Corshi, because I love Panaka, yeah. but also, like, these are accomplished actors with different perspectives, and how are they going to talk about Star Wars? 
It's like, I'm excited to hear Bobby Moynihan, but I know how he talks about Star Wars. Yeah. Like us, because he's a giant yeah, fan, yeah. Yeah. you know? But somebody like Forrest Whitaker who are like, all right, you are this accomplished actor, but to a huge chunk of us now, you've got the Alec Guinness problem where yeah. mm-hmm. you are Saw Gerrera. Right. So how do you, how, how is he feeling about that? And is it just that he's coming to the convention to go like, sure, I'll make an yeah. extra chunk yeah. of change. Mm-hmm. Or is, are we going to get to hear like, is he wrestling with this or is he super cool with it or all of that? That, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. You're right. You know, cause it seems like he definitely loves this character of saw cause he, you know, came back and voiced him in rebels or, or, yeah. or voiced him at the same time. I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's that's what I want to see. Yeah, you're right. That's why I don't I don't want to pay for an autograph. I want to hear what do you think about Save the Rebellion, Save the Dream. Yeah, that is such a big name actually to have Forrest Whitaker just randomly signing autographs and then just leaving Chicago, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I feel like he has to be on a panel or something. But then what kind of oh, panel would he be yeah. on? Well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, they did, you know, great one-on-ones in the past. So be, I think he's a great, oh. uh, you know, option for a one-on-one panel that with they stream. Davis, yeah. So yeah, with Warwick Davis. Yeah. So have they, uh, you know, done the, uh, you, you might know more than me and just some of the past conventions and the Star Wars fan weekends. Just to give me a stage, give me a constant stream of one-on-one interviews with these people. Yeah, I, wa- I watched the live stream of the Ian McDermott interview, and it was great because oh, it great. was just just him talking forever, you know? Mm-hmm. That'd, be, ah, that'd be so great. And as far as uh, I saw a lot of tweets, uh, not a lot, but some t- tweets came across of, of, of Sackoff uh, being there. And I don't think that's necessarily a sign of her being in The Mandalorian, but it could be. Oh, that'd be uh, but I, I just don't don't necessarily expect that. But I don't know with uh. Floney Bowl. I think it's just there to to uh, sign autographs. And, and hey, uh, I was Bo-Katan, yeah. one of my favorite characters. And it'd be interesting. But I don't think we should read too much into those announcements yet. But maybe. Yeah. Gosh, dang it. Now I want her to be in The Mandalorian. I, I, it, <laughs> oh. Come on, Dave. It's one of those things you do. Bring, bring, connect all the dots. Yeah. And, yeah. and totally just break that animation to real life actor yes. barrier. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, thoughts are thoughts are rolling. In action figure news, Hasbro allowed fans to choose the next release of their Star Wars Black Series line. Ten finalists from the Empire Strikes Back were announced, including Lobot, Two One B Droid, Wilro Hood, Wedge Antilles, Princess Leia, an Ugnaught, and a Probe Droid. Uh, but the fans chose. Uh, I intentionally didn't click on the story because I wanted to find oh, out here wow. now. Oh. <laughs> Luke Skywalker training on Dagobah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Out of all, I mean, there are more characters, but those were ones where I was like, oh, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look. So, yeah. I love Luke Skywalker. Uh, me too. I love the Dagobah sequence. Me too. Look at those shoulders and biceps. You got Will Row Hood. You got Lobot. Yeah. You got a I lot mean, of things there. There's a lot going on with this, I think. You know, well, yeah, Joseph, like I need what? some Black Series figure counseling. I Please. think this is, in my opinion, all about the backpack. I think this is about the fun of you buy that Luke, he's going to come with the backpack, and you put Yoda on him. I think that's the appeal. Oh, come C- on. Can I sing the Seagulls <laughs> lip syncing song from Yoda? Uh, um, I remember, I have a, uh, I react to this thinking about that the power of the force line mm-hmm. and you know, they put out the new hope super buff line oh God, and yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't care. I was so excited. Like, <laughs> I know this is ridiculous, but I don't care. Uh, and then they started rolling out the empire strikes back and I was like, all right, all right, here comes Bespin Luke. And I was so both, uh, uh, shocked and pleased that that first line of empire figures, they didn't do Bespin Luke. They did a Luke that had never been done. Mm. They did this Luke. 
They did yeah. the swamp training Luke, and he came with a backpack, and right. you could put Yoda on his back. And I think there's something, I don't know if there's something to that memory for people of different ages. Of like, that's a that's an important figure to them. I mean, I, I, just on a on surface level, I, I love that Luke is still loved that much, you know, to win to win a vote. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. The backpack, look, the Chewy with three PO backpack exactly. is one of my favorite memories of my childhood. So if they were to offer that right now in a Black Series, like get the mm. get the Chewy backpack with the broken three PO, yeah. I'd right. be there. So you might be right. The power of the backpack. <laughs> I don't like it, but I can't be mad because I didn't vote. So there you go. That's the other thing too. Yeah. I was not part of the process, yes. so you right. can't complain. All right. Well, that's that's the end of that. <laughs> hey, of the news for now. The good news news is if you want a Lobot action figure, I think there are plenty in the galaxy. <laughs> Yes, there are. But I wanted Will Row Hood. Yeah. Or an Ugnaught. Yeah, I mean, there's a three and three quarter Will Row Hood, but yeah, right, in its right. full glory. In its full glory. <laughs> Big, large ice cream maker, yeah. Oh, man, sad Lobots everywhere. <laughs> All through the 80s, as Joseph uh, uh, pointed out, but that's one of the first things you ever said to me when we met <laughs> or said on air, and I was like... I like this guy. He gets it. <laughs> it was true. A lot of sad lobots. <laughs> uh, thank you for the news, Jennifer. Before we dive into our main topic, we are going to recommend an audio book for you to try out on us. Joseph, what do we got? We are recommending Phasma by Delilah S. Dawson for a bunch of reasons. One, it factors into our main topic. It is all about unreliable narrators. Uh, we got a new book coming out by Delilah Dawson, which I think might yeah. pick up on some of these ideas and characters and, and themes. I think that's just my speculation. And also, it's just a great book to read if you are enjoying Star Wars Resistance and want to give a little bit more thought to that general time period. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of great things uh, about Phasma. So I think people should give it a listen. Absolutely. It was a, it was a weird read, and I mean, mean that in a great way. I stuck with it because I had some questions early on, and I felt really rewarded for that mm-hmm. character. So check it out on us. Download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash four center again that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook and directly help the show keep us rolling on four center all right we- hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We're diving into our main topic. Joseph has stepped up to the podium here, uh, and we have got a, a interesting, interesting discussion, and it's going to be fun. We're going to get really sweaty in honor of the late <laughs> great John Schnepp with some unreliable narrators in Star Wars. That is right. Sweaty, unreliable narrators coming at you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've wanted to do this topic for a while because there were books like Phasma and other things that were explicitly uh, a character in the story is telling another character the story. So you automatically within the world want to question it. Uh, for people who are not familiar with the general term unreliable narrator, it is when a character either explicitly or implicitly is telling you the story and therefore you can question it because it's coming through the filter of someone who might be lying mm. on purpose or might just have it have a certain point of view that is changing the actual events. And I think there are so many examples of this in Star Wars, uh, starting from the opening crawl, that is framing Star Wars as a story. We'll talk mm -hmm. about more about whether that makes uh, all of Star Wars being told by an unreliable narrator. You got the hollow news voice setting up every episode of the Clone Wars. And as we know from the real world, you can't always trust news sources. Right. So are those hollow news guys, <laughs> are they telling us the truth? Uh, and then you have things in the actual films like Obi-Wan's half-truths or his version of truth that he tells Luke in A New Hope. You've got... Palpatine's tale of Darth Plagueis that he tells to Anakin. That's explicitly a story being told by another character. So do we trust the narration of Palpatine? Uh, and there are so many other examples, including uh, books like Phasma and Legends of Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about all of those. So big picture, what I want to start with is, in general, do you, do you both like the idea of unreliable narrators? Not just in Star Wars, but just conceptually what does it add to you for you what does it take away i know ken you have a lot of thoughts because of your love of game of thrones and how that uh, treats mm -hmm. the topic so uh, jennifer let, let's start with you and we'll dive in with, with ken um how do you feel about the overall concept of unreliable narrators i don't like it <laughs> 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 i don't like it you know what i don't i don't like it in 
Star Wars. The idea, because then my my brain just starts going, well, then who am I supposed to trust? I just think of it all kind of like a fairy tale uh, as opposed to this person or this droid is, is retelling this story. I like the idea of unreliable narrators in a book. I find it easier for me to wrap my head around it. Yeah. So like, but again, not, not Star Wars. I would say like a murder mystery or something where you have someone telling a story and then you have to piece together what is the truth in order to solve the mystery or solve the crime. And so I guess that's why, like I, well, we'll talk about it in books later on, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So but, that, but feel free to, if, if you have a thought. No, well, like the legends of, of Luke Skywalker, which I have not read mm-hmm. and I have not read Phasma. So I'm just going off of what <laughs> you guys have said. But to me, Phasma seems a little bit more like I could wrap my head around it as opposed to the legends of Luke Skywalker. It makes me almost dismiss everything that's told because then it's just like, Oh, there's a bunch of fairy tales. That's not what I'm looking for out of star Wars. Yeah. Something specific. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Ken, what is your overall reaction to the concept? So I, I really, I'll say I love it. Um, but from a certain point of view, uh, but I, I, Jennifer, I completely understand where you're coming from because in star Wars, especially when it's on screen, you know, you want your, you're, you're seeing facts, basically you're seeing, but when it talks about the lore, I, I love it. And I, I've started to love it more, but it does do something weird to star Wars fans, particularly in this modern era where the word canon growing up. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong from our, you never heard canon no george maybe have talked about stuff it started popping up in you know what the 90s was really really the first time. i personally started here now it is is that canon is that canon it's a joke uh, we even have that t-shirt you can get on tpublic.com slash uh, for uh for center of this t-shirt is canon it's a fun <laughs> joke and yeah. poor pablo hears it all the time so i think we we are we want i want facts i want to see facts i love watching star wars as a historical document that unfolds but I'll go to that comic, that recent comic, where it's, quote, revealed that Palpatine was Vader's father. And then Pablo and some other people from Lucasfilm tweeted out, I think Matt Martin, too, that's not what the comic meant. Yeah. It still is, op- it's literally a force vision. It's an unreliable force vision. And mm. so I actually love that because I want to try to break myself away from everything in the past as fact. Mm. Yeah. Because then I think it allows for interesting storytelling. Yeah, mm. that's no, my opening I, yeah. preamble. Okay, yeah, I agree with that in in the big picture. Mm-hmm. I think there there can be a a feeling with unreliable narrators of is it being said that we are being lied to and you should question everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think that can make you go like, oh, but I invested in this story. I, I, this story means something to me. I want it to be true. I want Luke. I want Han Solo to have made that choice to come back to the Death Star, and I don't want that taken away from me. Right. So I understand like a resistance to it in that perspective. What I like about it is the idea of uh, it is a story that is being told mm. and it, it can be star Wars. It can be game of Thrones for me. It can be twin peaks. It's a story being told. And if you accept that you're being told a story, it adds both this sort of, to me, romance of important deeds are remembered and passed on. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it adds this, this great layer of romance. And then also it adds this great realism to me. Because when we think of our own lives, like we have to do a lot of work as humans to have something be verifiably true. Right. And not be passed through this this filter where either somebody is being manipulative mm-hmm. and trying to change the past or just everybody bringing their own point of view. Yeah. And I think of like, you know, when when people are nice enough to have a memory of me and tell it to me. And sometimes it's like, I don't remember that. Yeah, that didn't yeah. lodge in my brain, but it lodged in your brain. Or somebody tells me a memory and like, I know factually 
that is wrong. Yeah. But you remembered it that way for no malicious purpose. It's just you conflated two events, you conflated two people, and that's how the human memory works. So there's this, to me, unreliable narrators is this real weird matchup of utter romance, fairy tales, and realism about like, yeah, everything is a story and it's not always going to be told or remembered correctly. That's so fascinating. I love the romantic storytelling aspect of it from my other career. 17 years, part of my job was to gather witness statements and I'm not lying. I'm not, yeah. I'm not lying though. I'm might be enough. <laughs> in 17 years, never had one person get an exact account accurately. Yep. Or accurate. Yeah. Be 100%. You just, my, my grandmother's missing. What's she wearing? A red dress. We find her in a black t-shirt. Like, you know, like that happens every single time. So I think it is really realistic to, 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 to put that into stories. And then it leads to this wonderful romance of an actual, not the romance of Han and Leia, <laughs> the romance yeah. situation. I, I, that's, a, that's a great point. Yeah. Hmm. I want to specifically uh, talk about um, Game of Thrones for you, because okay. I know that is uh, big on your mind. How do you feel like uh, George R. R. Martin has a specific perspective on this? Yeah, I, and this is, I was so, I, I promised I'm not going to keep going back to this well. <laughs> if you listen to me ramble in enough places, I talk about Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and I'll t- tie it all back to pro wrestling. I promise not to do that much <laughs> today, but I'm excited because I just finished. Uh, it came out in October, but I got, a little, got it a little bit late. I finished Fire and Blood, which is part one of the Targaryen history and Game of Thrones, the show's own history. It's a history book. And George R. R. Martin has put a lot of history books out. The World of Ice and Fire is another one. And, and they're all told through characters. But on the show or in the books, you hear or see or read things that are happening, and that's fact. We see this. But everyone talks about this. Robert's Rebellion, this or that, this and that. This book, Fire and Blood, literally plays with this uh, it will tell you an event. Here's the battle uh, that happened between these two uh, kings. Um, and then you'll read it all, and it's good and exciting. And at the end of it, George R. R. Martin writes, However, we only heard that from this maester who wasn't actually here, and he heard it from this person who actually was <laughs> uh, loyal to this king and not to that king. Yeah. And this fool, uh, they have this little uh, a, a little uh, little guy called Mushroom, uh, who is uh, all through this character, the, the book, and he's you know, in courts and hear his story and he's got kind of a salacious, if it's going to be dirty and violent and sexual, he's got that story where a maester's got a pious, proper version. And I just fell in love with this idea of playing around. And eventually we might get the answer, maybe on a prequel show or another book, but it added what you talked about, this romance, because it also then also let me, if two warring kings are fighting, they each have their perspective, and I can learn something about those characters on how they viewed or their people viewed the events. And I, it was just really interesting. Yeah. And it really ignited my fire for maybe a little bit more of it in Star Wars. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. In, ter- in terms of looking at the past. Yeah. And that's, like, uh, super explicit to be written, to be like, these are accounts from people. So yeah. take it that way. Whereas you, like, you sit down to watch the Game of Thrones show, there's nothing that frames it right. as being from an unreliable narrator. It's just a television show of events that are happening in the the present as we know yeah. it, right? You know, we're seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this a lot on my rewatch of Twin Peaks. Of uh, for people who don't know Twin Peaks, you know, the original series is a lot based in the real world with little bits of this sort of creepy otherworldly lodge space. And you get the suggestion that our world is just full of misinterpretations. In the real world, all of these creepy lodge spaces that only a few of our characters know about. But and then in this new third season, you go crazy with lodge spaces. Bases, but it's so fascinating with so much of the fan discussion about these lodge spaces. We take the rules of the lodges that were told to us by the characters, mm. and then eventually you get to the point of like, well, just because Deputy Hawk said that's the way the lodge works, yeah, 
there's no reason that we need to actually believe that. That's what Deputy Hawk thought yeah. within the narrative. And he's talking about a mystical, unknowable place. Yeah. So th- to me, there's it, it opens up these ideas of choosing to decide which character in the narrative you want to trust. Mm. And just because Obi-Wan or Palpatine says, this is how the Force works, we can mm-hmm. go as fans going, great, we got a rule of the Force. We got what Obi-Wan or Palpatine thinks or mm-hmm. wants someone else to think, and that still leaves it open for us to make the Force what we believe it to be. Yeah. Yeah, particularly with the Obi-Wan one, it excites me because we know, I mean, from, from a certain point of view, is, is everyone uh, everyone's favorite catchphrase. But, like, I love it because he's I, he's a good good person. He is a good person, but he's been through some things. And his perspective <laughs> is cha- – you know, and I, and I love crawling into that there. You know, The Legends of Luke Skywalker book wasn't my favorite because I thought it – it got into some silly stuff, the mole, the flea character and everything. But you you learned a lot from some of it if you took that second dive into some of the legends. And it ties into a lot of Last Jedi. So I think I like it more now because a lot of times when I was reading, I was like, well, this didn't happen. So I, I can't <laughs> check it off my canon checklist, which is fine because I also want answers. I want, you know, yeah. like you said, I, if Han did something, I don't want a perspective to change it is a good point. Yeah. But I, I'm interested if... You know, you hear it from Chewie's point of view. I don't know. <laughs> well, we know Chewie's point of view. If we heard yeah. the story from Chewie's point of view, it would be like, I rescued this silly <laughs> idiot 8,000 times. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the real big picture of yeah. Star Wars itself. Um, so obviously a long time ago in the beginning of Star Wars, it suggests storytelling. It suggests a fable. You know, it's it's reinforced with the crawl and the chapter numbers that this is a story. If it's a story, someone is probably telling us this whole story. So do you like that general idea that someone is telling us this story and do you trust whoever it is? Because you can, like Jennifer, to your concerns, you can just go like, I accept that Star Wars is a story, if you want to do that, and just say, whoever's telling the story, I trust. And mm-hmm. all these things happened, mm-hmm. period. No, I, I don't I don't like the idea that someone is telling us this whole story, even though I know that that's what George wants <laughs> us to believe. I don't like that. I, I like to think of it more like a Grimm's fairy tale. Mm. Long, you know, a long time ago, whatever, uh, once upon a time. That, yeah. that kind of folklore, fable aspect is fine with me. I like the idea of unreliable narrators from a character point of view. When a character is telling a story because they have a motive, a reason for telling it, yeah. that's when I think to me it's most effective and, like you're saying, is the most realistic. But the idea of I'm going to have to start... I mean, I know that in my brain, I know that Star Wars is not real. It's, it's a movie. <laughs> like, Breaking news here on Force. You know, like, I guess, I guess um, it would be different if it's like a, if it's like a Blair Witch kind of thing. Mm. Where then I'm like, well, who is this person that's telling us this, that who's editing this footage or who's presenting this? What motive do they have? And it mm. frames the entire film. With this, especially now because we have so many films and now we have to take into consideration Solo and Rogue One Mm. and all these other things, it's like, oh, no. Mm. It's just fun fairy tale uh, once upon a time for me. Yeah. You know? But fun fairy tale, like just from a practical point, if you you track that down, that's either a story that the whole culture knows. So mm-hmm. anybody could sit down and tell you the whole story of Star Wars mm-hmm. and all of the offshoots because we all just know these stories. Mm-hmm. So so you like the idea that it, it exists in cultural knowledge the way like anybody can sit down and tell like a basic, the basic story of Cinderella. Yeah, exactly. 
that it's become because it because that's what Star Wars is. Is it's, it it takes these elements from popular folklore, like the hero's journey and you know fighting find, fighting the monster and and you know whatnot. It takes all these things and it just packages it in a different way. So these are these are familiar stories in some sense. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, I'm seeing in a Moana, I, I, very similar to Luke Skywalker's journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like that's that's how I like to think of it. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll dive into more uh, options for the uh, untrustworthy people who might be telling it to you. <laughs> uh, right. But but yeah, I think that's valid, and I think uh, that's part of the reason I like discussing this is because I think it just can reveal what Star Wars means to us. And I think for some people, it is just sort of like that's an interesting idea, but I don't like it. Star Wars is Star Wars. It is the truth. Yeah. Um, unless we're talking about specific characters, that, which within right, the narrative, is, we can truly see their motivations. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Ken, how do you feel about the general framing of Star Wars as a, as, as a story? I, I like it. It's a fine line for me to, to, to understand where you're coming from, Jen. Like, like I, I wouldn't want it. And it's different in a book, but I wouldn't want at any point someone to look back and be like, well, a lot of what the rebels told you was not, you know, true or from a certain point of view too. Like I, I am watching a story that I do want to see. That's the story. Uh, it does work better in books, like I said. So, uh, but I, I, I just, I never really questioned it growing up a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And, and now here's a bunch of facts. <laughs> um, but as, as, this, as canon rolls out and even in legends, you know, like I, I, I'm okay with the idea of legends kind of being this, weird fable that's not you know true or not true you know it's like the true story billy kid ain't what you know you know and this that that's interesting to me um i don't want at any point i don't think the revelations should completely change the star wars story and i don't think they will yeah but so i don't i don't think george intended that i think just hey let's have some fun with this modern myth yeah um but as you dive in and get sweaty, it does matter. So I don't want to any point to be like his name was actually Doug Skywalker, <laughs> and that was just lost yeah. to time. Lost to time. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think I think Lucas did absolutely intend just to evoke exactly what you're talking about. This mm-hmm. is built on all of our real world cultural storytelling, yeah. and I think you it does invite you to also say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is saying this did happen. Yeah, at some time it really did happen. You know, and like I think that's in some of the very early trailers of like. Somewhere for all oh, this is really happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in space. Yeah. The, so I think now. the part that I like about considering it, that someone is telling us this story is thinking like, I I want to trust that person because they clearly want us to learn about how to be our best selves, mm-hmm. at least for like the main saga. So Because so much of like that George Lucas, this is a guide for 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. of how to, you know, question yourself and make the best choices and, and be your best you. Be your best you. you know, right. It's a giant motivational speech is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know uh, what? Yes. Now that I'm thinking about it, I guess the way that I've always rationalized this is the narrator for me has always been George Lucas. Mm. He is the one that's telling oh, us yeah. this story. And so I have to trust him because I don't want to believe that at the end of episode nine or what if there was another one, that all of a sudden someone would wake up and be like, it was all a dream. Yeah. Like, pull the wool, you know, the yeah, rug yeah, out yeah. from under me. Yeah. So I feel like that, that's that's been my narrator this whole journey. Yeah. And now we've had some other narrators with JJ and Ryan and, yeah. and Ron Howard and such. But yeah. ultimately it is George telling us his story to help mm. us become our better selves. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like the idea of the story isn't the rug's not going to be pulled out, but we have we have proof now. We know there's skulls of dragons, right? We know that in Game of Thrones, there's some big skulls. 
how those skulls and what they did and how they got there, that may be up for debate, but we know they're not there. Those aren't fakes. That's so look at, you know, I, I don't want that to ever happen. Right. You know, it was all here. It was all happened. How we got there, though, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago might be a little different, but we're still here and we have factual proof that we're here. Mm. That's how I, I, I'm OK with, you know, George telling us the story. He's not going to pull the rug out. Right. Yeah, yeah, I have no interest in right. it. It was all a dream. Oh. You know, no, right. uh, absolutely not. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about specific uh, possible storytellers, if Star Wars is a story. Well, obviously, we have uh, George himself. Maybe that's the way episode nine ends. The camera pulls back, and <laughs> George Lucas has a storybook. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's what they mean by the end of the Skywalker saga, and it would make people so, uh, well... I don't know. Oh my god, it'd be would, kind of amazing. Right. I don't want to see oh, that. Oh god, it's such like an '80s move. Yeah, it's yeah. Peter Falk reading to yes. Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's George Lucas reading to Peter Falk. That's not possible. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, here we go. Uh, so George has floated the idea uh, many years ago that the saga was from the droid's perspective. He even, uh, I think, this is an unreliable narrator of someone told Chris Taylor that George Lucas said to them. That Star Wars, so again, yeah. layers already, mm-hmm. but allegedly that George said, this is R2 telling this to the person writing the story down in the Journal of the Wills. Mm. So it, it positions Star Wars as a story that R2 is relating. How do you feel about just that? If you imagine the, the main saga is R2 is recording this mm. for, for uh, posterity. Mm. How do you feel about that? I, I like it in concept. I like it a lot. Because I think that might have been what George was really saying when his memory wasn't wiped. And that's yeah. fun. And I like it. And I've always been fascinated with the wills and the journal of the wills because it's in the forward for the uh, New Hope novelization. Yeah. I, I, I literally, I've, I think I've told the story, but I would go to used bookstores searching for what? Star Wars, the journal of the wills. And I was eight, nine, Aww. 10 years old thinking it was real. Yeah. Well, it's Aww. from, you know, the adventures yeah. of Luke Skywalker. It makes it sound like, well, there's more. There's more. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I like the idea and concept. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And we grew up in an actual era of somewhat of mystery where you could imagine that you might yeah. find that dusty old yeah. book on the shelves. Uh, how do you feel about R2 narrating? I do like this idea. And the reason why is because there was a fascinating podcast, uh, Radio Lab, where they talked about memory and how people remember events like you guys were talking about really inaccurately. I mean, major, like 9-11, somebody was remembering it totally wrong. And so I think that the idea that, the, that R2 is narrating it, well, then a computer is going to be recounting events much in a much more factual way and so uh, to me it's uh that's oh, much that's more believable a, I, I, yeah i like i like that you angle I mean? yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I see r2 as my buddy you know i don't see him as a droid but yeah that's interesting right yeah and it, it you can get really uh nerdy about like well many scenes r2 is there and he could have just accurately recorded exactly what was happening but for scenes where he's not there yeah who told him did he access cameras you know yeah. did he oh. did, did he hack into uh the first order star destroyer and watch uh kylo ren talk to darth vader's helmet you know like maybe he has little you know, spiders you yeah know? how like, do you get those droids? force visions yeah oh, like, i want to cut away state of someone just playing like sitting down to r2 going all right and then this happened and then this happened and r2's just beep, boop, 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 gets connected everything together. connecting right. all the dots it's, right. it's so funny to bring up the r2 thing I, we, we won't really go into but in, in the padme novel it answers kind of a question i never really thought about of between Phantom Menace and Tad Colognes, what's R2 doing and how does he get there? You know, yeah. like I never really stopped to think about it. And so, all right, he's, he's just Padme's droid. He's around the corner. It seems like in the movies. Yeah. 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 But he's, he's watching and listening. 
I think you can have lots of fun of going through and, and filling in his beeps and boops. And like there, there's some in some Obi-Wan scenes where it really does. If yeah. you watch it just for when our two beeps and boops, it does feel like he's like, no old man. I was there. I really think <laughs> I, I, people like, I, you know, casual star friends all the time. If they, if they're hate, hating on the prequels, well, you know, how does Obi-Wan not remember that he has a droid? Like, I think R2 is going now. What do you mean? Yeah, I, I think we fought yeah. together. Obi Wan's playing, <laughs> playing our turn. Absolutely, yeah, he's playing I it. I love it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that idea is really interesting from the, the George Lucas perspective of wanting to celebrate everyone. And R two can be seen as this like, yeah, people aren't listening to him. Mm-hmm. He's they only really appreciate him when he's being helpful. But he is the key to everything. It's mm-hmm. such a story of uh, appreciating the underdog right. that is R two. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about exactly what you were talking, Ken. The intro to the novelization of Star Wars does mm-hmm. describe it as being taken from the Journal of the Wills. Uh, and at that point, that could be interpreted as being written by Force worshippers, mm-hmm. or that could be interpreted as kind of being written by the Force itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Because George has kind of talked about the Wills as being similar to the midichlorians mm-hmm. of this, or the wills maybe being the force itself and mm-hmm. the wills are chatting with the midichlorians and the midichlorians are <laughs> passing it on. George has said a couple different things, but it's certainly out there that the wills yeah. are maybe the force itself. And by the way, that would have been seven, eight, nine if George had, yeah. it would have been there. Yeah. Some yep. cosmic stuff. I, I like that idea. I actually really like that idea that it isn't, uh, you know, we got Baze Malbus and, and Sheridan White protecting uh, the wills and all that kind of stuff, but to actually have some kind of mysterious, kind of uh, communication with the Force and the Force telling a story, that's really cosmic, man, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, that's a way to say that, okay, this is being told by a narrator, but they have a really reliable source. (laughs) The Force. (laughs) The Force. And that's why we can get visions. The Force. (laughs) The Force is just using a pen name. (laughs) Journal of the Wills. Yeah. R2-D2, pen name. Uh, what do you like? The, uh, do you like those ideas, Jennifer? Yeah, this this is a very cosmic idea. And the idea that the Force would be like telling these, potentially these Force worshippers, here's what you need to put in the text, <laughs> doing jazz hands or something. Yeah. And, and that they This that is they when have, C-3PO interrupted the kiss of Han and Leia. Yeah, put that in there. Right. And that the idea that there, there's this, there's this um, sense of urgency or significance for why they want this it t- in written down these stories recorded yeah that's that's interesting yeah i like that idea a lot ken how do you feel about it i i i'm there for it i'm there for it i'm there for it and i and i, and, and I don't i i don't know in, in in this new era of canon if it could happen but like i would read a book that is told from the point of like here's part of the story from the journal the journal of the wills if they were yeah. to do it they take my money please it's been so fun as a, as a game of thrones fan to to Let's play with the real history in this world. I, I would buy it. Mm. Give me a dusty old tomb, a tome that I could open up and yeah. read. Yeah. And we're going to get some of that stuff. Isn't there a book coming out that is like Legends of Star Wars? Of like, my, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. That's like, you know, about knights fighting crate dragons and things like yeah. that. They're kind of refra- mm. really yes. reframing it. Yes. Some big stories. I'm on board. Um, yeah. I, I think this is fascinating. And I know you've talked a lot about uh, on Spotlight Star Wars, Ken, about revisiting those original novelizations. But man, if anybody hasn't reread the intro to the Star Wars novelization, mm-hmm. it is fascinating because it is deeply accurate mm-hmm. to the prequels Yeah, with one major, major change. Mm-hmm. It suggests that Palpatine rises to power out of greed 
but then he's easily manipulated by all the other greedy people around him. So it's, you know, the story is we got is Palpatine is the master manipulator. Right. He's the one who holds on to the power. He's the one building the Death Star, all these things. And this kind of suggests that he's more of like a weak president in an American mm-hmm. sense of like, and easily manipulated by his even worse advisors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even, and then, it, and that's where it says, this is from the first saga yeah. of Journal of the Will. So even there you could go like, is that unreliable narrator that, is not aware of that it's all that gets everything right except for they miss that it's all really palpatine which to me my immediate thought is great because he was a sith and he's making the force think that yeah he's mason making the light side think that and that's interesting to me right then and there yeah. and now we're having fun with the unreliable history uh yes yeah reread that in, yeah, it's it's so good yeah it's truly amazing uh all right so let's dive down to a a level uh i think that is is Jennifer is saying, I think is a little bit more um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't make, well, it doesn't make us question what the foundation of what Star Wars means to us. As soon as you start saying who is telling us this story, it can be uncomfortable because yeah, like I'm you like, want the story to mean what it's always meant to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character level is different. So let's dive into that a little bit. Do we think Palpatine is telling the truth to Anakin about that Darth Plagueis uh, in that Darth Plagueis scene? Boy. I think, Yes, I think he is. I think he is. Details, vague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, because I've always taken it as Plagueis, it might be Anakin's force father more than anything. Um, but maybe a timing might tell you that no, Palpatine killed him a long time before that, you know. And again, the Lucino novel doesn't, isn't canon. So yeah. we, we know Plagueis is around during this time, roughly, or, you know, not too far behind. So, um, Right, because in the is. movie you can take it as this happened 5,000 years ago, or right. you can take it as wink, wink, he was my master. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think he is telling the truth with some some hard details, harsh truths out of it. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Mm. How has that scene always struck you? Oh, my gosh. That scene is just, it's it's almost comical because <laughs> whether, whether it's like true or not, I think that there is truth there. <laughs> I think he's embellishing, but it's how he delivers this truth in mm. literal. I just watched this <laughs> yesterday, and mm. the way that Ian McDermott, he's you know he's staring off, looking at the mm. at the scene in front of him, and then he every time he has like a word dying, he mm. turns to Anakin, <laughs> keep alive. Like it's just so yes. funny. It's so pointed. Yeah, he's trying to <laughs> share this because he knows it's going to get Anakin it on his side. It is like watching like. Uh, fishing where somebody already has the fish in their hand and is just <laughs> putting the hook physically in the mouth. There's no in the water. There's no actual fishing. It's just literally putting the hooks in exactly where they need to be. Uh, my, my favorite, I mean, that's obviously one of my, a lot of people's favorite scenes, uh, in, especially in Sith, but I, I, I don't know exactly and I'm not competing in any trivia contest <laughs> soon, so I don't have to have it memorized. Um, that when McDermott as Palpatine takes that moment to like remember killing his master, it's yes. kind of like, <laughs> You know, I just love I yes. just love that play at the moment. You could just envision him going, I killed him so good. <laughs> yeah. To me, I, I love it because I think most of it is true, at least from Palpatine's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that it makes me feel like, yes, Palpatine was involved in the creation of Anakin. Mm-hmm. The way the Jedi and the Sith look at the Force and how they use it differently, I think is all legitimate. I think the thing where I don't trust him is, I think maybe Plagueis and Sidious felt like they were on to something for preserving life, but I feel like that's mostly BS. That 
and, and it kind of, he, he kind of spills it out of, he, in, in the box, he's kind of like, look, we, uh, you know, it said plague has created life and he maybe even could prevent death. Mm-hmm. There's the, the hook goes in and then later he's like, and I'm sure if you and I work together, we can figure it out. It's like, yeah. it sounded like in the box that you already knew it. Here's Palpatine. We're going to have a festival on a tropical island and <laughs> yeah. Ja Rule's going to be there. Oh, God. Come on out. Yeah, he, it's he true. fire festivals, Anakin, <laughs> on that point. I you know you want this. Oh, yes. my yeah. God. Yes, I think that's, I think that's there. Yeah, yeah, good. You know, I, I, I think he wants Anakin to maybe wonder, wait, are you my dad? Is is because uh, I got to believe Anna, at some point Shmi said, by the way, uh, you don't have a, a dad. You just kind of showed up, son. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, Palpatine's playing with Don't that. know how much the Jedi talked to him. So it is right. another exposure point of, have you ever wondered where you came from? Yeah. And these Jedi who supposedly care about you won't tell you? Well, I'll just kind of throw this out for you to wonder about. Is, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Like Mace is like, man, you, need, you don't even have a dad. <laughs> Qui-Gon would have explained it better. He would have. Uh all right, let's. Uh, we we could spend forever on this because yeah, it yeah, is we could, the classics could. of Star Wars. But l- I don't want to touch briefly on old Obi Wan being an unreliable narrator when he tells Luke his version of the truth. I'm just going to throw this out there because I've been doing a lot of thinking about Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a super unreliable narrator in that moment for us, the audience, particularly mm-hmm. if you're watching Star Wars in the release order and without spoilers. Yeah. He totally sets up the surprise Mm -hmm. that Vader is Luke's father. Mm -hmm. But from an in-story perspective, I think he's just making a choice. And I think he's telling Luke his honest version of the truth that, you know, as we go along, we discover that Obi-Wan believes that Anakin can't be saved. Mm -hmm. So from his point of view, it really is true. And it's a more comforting thing for Luke to hear Mm -hmm. of your father was a good person. You have someone to look up to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he believes Luke's the chosen one. Yeah. yeah, which is a, a very a strong lean into the unreliable narrator or the point of view and perspective. And um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of protecting, a little bit of, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? It, Uncle, Uncle Owen ain't ain't wrong by saying, you know, we're not really going to tell him who's father. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm afraid of. Yeah, yeah. He, so uh, I think there's this, in this particular moment, there's almost a sweetness to Obi-Wan about it. He ain't yeah. lying. He's just, I ain't going to dump this information on you, kid. You're, you thought you were a farm boy? Your dad's the most evil character yeah. in the galaxy next to this other guy. We'll find out later, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How do you feel about it at this point, uh, Jennifer? I, I like this. What I think is interesting about the unreliable narrators is that you have to look at the character. And so with Palpatine, <laughs> I would not trust him with the truth. Right. Because mm-hmm. I just know he's going to use it to manipulate. Whereas Obi-Wan's intentions are good. And so I think that he's just, I've talked about before, just being a parent and just saying it in a way that is truthful from a certain point of view, but he's not going to just lay it all out there just yet. Just giving it to Luke in doses. It then makes me think about Luke in The Last Jedi and the way that he tells a story Mm. to Rey and how he kind of does a similar thing, I guess, in some sense. So, Mm -hmm. again, unreliable narrators from a character perspective is really fascinating because it just makes you think, well, is is this a good character or a bad character? Or in between. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to me, I think that's uh, that's what I like about some of these ideas of we hear unreliable and our minds go to liars. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about, like yes. with your security history, we're all unreliable narrators, mm-hmm. even when we have the best intentions. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, and I think that's that's what's so you can look up to Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker so much and you, and you, yeah. you should, I think, because they yes. ultimately come through yeah. uh, and try to do the best thing. 
but they're flawed too, just like us. And to me, that makes them only more inspiring. Yeah. Obi Wan tells Luke what he wants to hear. Luke tries to tell, in my opinion, Last Jedi. Luke tries to tell Rey the truth, but he can't bear the full truth. Right. Yeah. And then she hears it from Kylo's perspective, which we also isn't the truth. And then, it, for my two cents, Luke's final one is like, "Here's the truth as best as I can." Yeah. Tell it to you. Right. Yeah. Like, for real, this is what I've got. This is the closest I can get to the truth for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, Jen, you and your husband are good parents here, but if you tell your daughter, <laughs> we're going to go for a trip and get you a sucker, but really you're taking her to the dentist, and at the end of the trip she it, gets a sucker, you're not lying. You you're just protecting her from the harsh truth. <laughs> are you an unreliable narrator? You're thinking like a parent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we do it. We're going um, to the sucker shop. Yeah. <laughs> unreliable sucker narrative. Uh, any other thoughts on, on Obi-Wan? Or sort of that that character level, uh, other than uh, hot damn, I just love Obi Wan and, and what he is to Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really. That's not related to this. Just just in general. No, he's 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 so great. Oh man, I, I wish I was playing him on Battlefront right now. Uh, right, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, books, and I'm sure it's mm-hmm. popping up in the comics. I've read a lot of them, um, but there, there's mm-hmm. so much there. Uh, the Phasma book I really like because for those of you who haven't read it, this doesn't spoil anything. Uh, there's a character who needs to know the truth of Phasma. He has a character. Uh, kidnapped, uh, captured, and that character is telling us what they were told by mm-hmm. someone else about what Phasma's history is. So oh. this book really invites us to go like, cool, yep, that's Star Wars canon, that's how Phasma mm-hmm. got the armor. But like, it's explicitly through multiple layers of people. Yeah. And what does that do to the story? And there, this is why I think I've, I've, I've appreciated this book more and more, and it might eventually get a, a reread from me. Because uh, it starts off, it's it's the least Star Wars story I've read in a while, and it's a Mad Max, and it's got yeah. this weird stuff. But the fact remains, she's got that armor, and she's got it from Palpatine's ship, and yeah. that's a fact we know. Thank you, Pablo. But now we have a weird, kind of convoluted history of how that happened, and Phasma is this mythical creature now, in a way. You yeah. know, she's just, she is this character. That's a great point. Yeah, of- we, we don't 100% know. Yeah, it adds that sort of that level of mystery yeah, and, and, and elevates them because like, oh, if a story is told about you, that sort of elevates you. Yeah. That you're and, worthy of storytelling. And mm. Phasma then, you know, uh, and I'll, yeah, you know, Phasma's somewhat underused uh, in both movies and I get it. And, uh, you know, it was cool armor and we wanted more, but hey, look at Boba Fett too, but we got an interesting story with him now. But um, um, I, I, in terms of Phasma, like I, I like that Phasma the novel wasn't a check mark list of facts. Yeah, it it just made made me appreciate that character more. Yeah, adds yeah. so much romance. Uh, and then Legends of Luke Skywalker is explicitly here are what some people believe about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that strangely comforting because I could I got to pick and choose. That book was just like yeah. which of these are true. And like there's that that one that we've talked about that is the mole who claims he's controlling both Salacious Crumb <laughs> yeah. and Luke Skywalker's <laughs> actions. And like that's not true. This is a <laughs> space mole. Lying. I will not accept that in yes. under any circumstances. Yeah, yeah. But then others are like, well, I was there and I saw him from afar and I don't know why he was doing this, but he did these things. And right. this is what I took away from him. And that feels so honest. That yes. feels like real life stories of you see a celebrity somewhere. Right. And you don't really know them, but you see them do something and then that's your story of them. Right. That you relate to other people and it adds to their myth. Is it yeah. the truth? Maybe. But it adds to their myth. It elevates them. I was once at uh, a, a Mexican restaurant in downtown L.A. area, and Alec Baldwin walked in, and when he walked in, all the forks on the plates dropped, and he had just owned the room. 
That's my memory of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but it seems <laughs> cool. It seems cool. The forks fell for <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Yeah. 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 Jennifer, we, you talked a little bit at the, at the beginning of our conversation about the books. and not, how, how are you feeling about them? I, I like that the books, for me, can do whatever they want, I suppose. Uh, and I, I just pick and choose what I like. So for me, Jabba's, the Tales from Jabba's Palace, all that stuff is still canon in my mind. Yeah. Why not? You know, Luke and Mara Jade were together. Sure. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I just, yeah. that, that to me is all yeah. fine and fun. And it's, it's that's like the most, you know, story fairy book, style that I can get I can wrap my head around but the minute yeah. that it starts to go on screen that's where I'm like oh okay no this is this is truth and this is what it is and it's got to be more simplistic yeah. li- linear well like with your love of Jabba's Palace how would you feel if they if a movie was ever made whether it's big screen or Disney plus that was explicitly like Rashomon for Star Wars and it was like here are three different versions of a big event at Jabba's Palace would you enjoy that or would it be frustrating to you because you want to know the truth I just want it to be good. I mean, I just want <laughs> okay. it to be good. I just want Jabba to look good. And if it's fun, I'll accept it. That's mm-hmm. fine. But I'm still going to have, I'm still going to hold on to uh, what I, what I want to, what I want to hold on to. You're still going to choose your truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Yeah. 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 It's it, in a good way. We as Star Wars fans are obsessed with these facts, mm-hmm. you know, as Star Wars, it's not just, you know, Joseph and I are competing on the tri- movie Trivia Schmodown. <laughs> Star Wars trivia has been around since the, the dawn of Star Wars. I'm looking at uh, Rusty Miller's Jedi Master's Quiz Book that Joseph picked up a great oh. copy for me there. And that kid wrote that at 11 in 1983, I think. Yeah. So um, it's been around. So we are obsessed with the facts. And I think that's, again, why a lot of people are upset when the legends got, you know, swept away. All those facts I believed in are gone. Yeah. And I get that. Uh, and, and it is what we choose because even now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about from a certain point of view. I love that collection of stories. There are some that I just go, well, no. Yeah. And other ones, that, you know, the, the last moments of Brea and, and Bail Organa is one of my favorite Star Wars uh, pieces of writing. And uh, you're not taking that one from me. I'm going to clutch that one yeah. to the end of time. Mm. Uh, but then the X-Wing pilots, you start counting and, and you do want some numbers. Wow. That, yeah, it, yep. There's some weird crossover. So it, it is about what we choose. The Legends of Luke Skywalker one. Yeah. I mean, I love the one on, on uh, Jakku. That's clearly not real or not all of it's real but i don't i like not knowing the answer was luke on jakku we might get that down the line but i like right now knowing it but i also you know no mole mole fully controlled (laughs) salacious be crowd and whispered in luke's ear yeah didn't happen yeah so you you find it comforting when star wars every once in a while goes here's a collection of stories you choose you choose you choose and it is and it is kind of fun and that allows for some of the legends to live on which we'll discuss but but Yeah. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, as we're wrapping up that that idea of I think you know there's we're obsessed with canon many of us mm-hmm. and that is about memorizing facts and details but I think all of that just goes back to investment and I think people yes. who who are get frustrated with legends being not canon that it can feel like a commentary on you invested all this time right and your investment in this world isn't real or valid yeah I, I think it can feel that way and I understand that I, to me I try not to look at it like that I try to look at it especially. When I get really obsessed with canon, mm-hmm. like it's like a textbook, and I trust the source. Yeah, and I will trust the source until I hear from a new source mm-hmm. that causes me to question that. Yeah, and I, that's the way I think of it. Like, yep, it's all real. Yeah, uh, until something makes me question it, which I think is in the spirit of Star Wars, because I think Star Wars certainly, from all the certain point of view stuff, mm-hmm. from like we don't know the mysteries of the Force, really 
uh, encourages, I think it's one of those lessons for 12-year-olds of question things. Yeah. Don't just believe what you're told. Yeah. You know, when Palpatine tells you he can help you save the people you love, don't necessarily believe that. <laughs> Think about who is telling that to you and why. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when your government just says, I'm sorry, yeah. I know your planet's been illegally invaded, but I have to take it to committee. There's nothing we can do. Like, yeah, there's something you could do. Yeah. I'm not just going to take that. Yeah. It's truth, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And, and the Padme novel's dealing with some of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so... Jennifer, in general, how do you feel? Does it? How do you feel about your relationship with canon? Does it, the idea of unreliable narrators make you feel like ah, I shouldn't have memorized all this? Uh, you know, right? I think that that's why I've always just looked at the films as that is the end all be all canon for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I start to get a little like <clears throat> a cr- curmudgeon, a bit of a curmudgeon is when like things in the book start contradicting what's happening in the films. Or if it's like retconning things that are in the film, like, oh, that's this person. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So I have a little bit more of a difficult time. I like to think of the books as the books. The, the I don't want to say cartoons. The animated series is kind of like, you know, kind of canon. Yeah. But really for me, the end all be all is are the movies. And that's such an old school, you know, A, canon A, canon B, you know, George's canon and right. that, that whole tier system that they have. And I think that that's kind of what Disney has said yeah. is that basically it's like the the movies are the end all be all yeah. of canon. They've definitely, definitely yeah. said that. So that's how I look at it. I yeah. think that's a perfectly good way to look at it, especially since we can all choose. But just the idea of like, this is the source that I trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, and it, maybe a, a source I don't trust as much tells me this in the book and, or in a television show. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can say like, oh, some people believe that's Rex. <laughs> right. And, and, right. Exactly. and I'll just watch the story. <laughs> and I'll just watch it. It's yeah. just an extra. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just a guy. Yeah. There's no easy answers. In it. And that's a great point. Both of you brought up about legends and the investment in that. And I've met a lot of fans who feel kind of personally insulted. I, I bought, look at my shelf. I've bought every one of these books and they don't mean anything now. It's like, no, they still exist as stories. Darth Plagueis is not canon. It's still one of my favorite Star Wars books. Yeah. And maybe one day parts of it and, you know, Lucina put a little bit in the Tarkin novel, but it's, and it can create disappointment. I'll, I'll say I, as much as I love Solo, a Star Wars story movie I've seen so many times now, I sometimes go, oh man, I do wish those dice would have factored into how he won the Falcon because we'd always told that story. Exactly. And I like yeah. it, and maybe they will. Maybe they Now it's unknown. We didn't actually yeah. see the whole game. So right now exactly. it's, they could have. They could have. Um, so sometimes when we get the answer, the answer isn't the answer we want. It goes back to our speculating responsibly thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's some frustrations in it, but but uh, I, I'm here for it and, and here for the, the dark corners to climb into in these stories. <laughs> um on the sort of flip side of this, Timothy Zahn floated that really great, really kind theory that if you accept Star Wars as a, a legend, mm-hmm. that 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 term for the continuity of legends is a, this is one of the stories. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy is what some people believe happened. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, historians or believers think all these adventures of Luke and Han and Leia are what happened. Right. Uh, how do you, I know none of us are huge legends fans, uh, but putting ourselves yeah. in those shoes, does it make you feel... Like more like yes, this, it, I can believe this happened. I can believe this is just as true as what's in the sequel trilogy if I choose to. It's it's a tougher sell for me, uh, only because it's drastically different. 
But if it if it comforts fans in some ways, and that's why I was excited for Thrawn and Rook to show. I was actually more excited for Rook to show back <laughs> up because it was like, oh, this all that stuff I kind of know is true. Mm. Uh, I, but I can get behind the idea. I can get behind it. Yeah, uh, it, it's also it's it's a little weird coming from not weird coming from Zon. Zon's got you know he wants still wants you to read those books. Uh, so it's not necessarily business, but yeah, I can accept it. I can accept it. Okay. It's just, it is drastically different for me. I would not want, here's a seven, eight, nine told from a different point of view. And it's oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. And it's completely different. And, oh, and you know, <laughs> even though you might, you might get the big three on screen and all that kind of cool stuff. Like I, I that's where I do want it, When I go back to the original point of the, you know, there is a fine line, but I do yeah. want some facts. Please. To be the facts. <laughs> uh, did you feel the same way, Jennifer? I can't. I uh, can't just... learn and memorize. I mean, I've spent my whole life learning <laughs> facts and things, and then for someone to say, "Oh, here's another way of telling it." Oh, Lord, help me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've already had Lordy, to do Lordy, that. Lordy. You know, I've already had to do that with some of the things. So yeah. I can't. I'm at an age where I can't. I can't. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I, if I was a huge Legends fan, which I like a lot of aspects of Legends, I love, and this is not really part of Legends, I would say, I love Death Troopers. The idea of zombie stormtroopers in mm-hmm. outer space. I want to believe that's real. Yeah. So I like the idea of, if I was really tied to that, it would be a great way for me to kind of like make peace with everything that's happening in the sequel trilogy and just say, well, this is just one big story. Yeah. I, I can totally get behind like, that. Like it would be fun. So like if you're reading a current Canon star Wars novel mm-hmm. and there's two stormtroopers talking or something they're like, did you, I heard out in deep space. Did you hear there was like some infection that, and it's just kind of referenced. Yeah. And yeah. That's fun to me. I Cause then it may or may not be, what it is. Right. It's Baelish telling Varys, oh, what do we tell ourselves? What are the things we believe about this throne? That's not a thousand, there's not a thousand blades yeah. up there. We know that, but mm. what do we tell ourselves? So it's kind of, that'd be kind of fun. And those kind of ties to legends excite me. Yeah. I like that too. I, it, to me, it's just, I think it's just the way I, I, I react to things I want. I want things to be, I want us to be able to interact with the fiction and make it what we want to be. Mm-hmm. So to me, the idea of Star Wars is being, the movies are being told by someone in their the truth to me but to someone else like someone else is telling the legend story and feels like either that was the truth or feels like that should be the truth so that you know the idea of mm. like r2 is telling the main story maybe three is telling legends yeah. what, what's what's three p is one like all of that makes that it makes more uh, rich <laughs> and interesting to me and i just think it, more than anything i think it, it's such a kind way from timothy zahn to say yeah. You didn't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Right. The investment in this is just as this is as real as you want it to be. You didn't waste your time because you love Star Wars and you had fun. Yeah, and you <laughs> learned things and yeah, and yeah, all that. Uh, all right, so we're we're going to start wrapping up. Yep. We could talk about this forever. Uh, how well do you think the the general idea of unreliable narrator dovetails with the Star Wars theme of trying to other understand other people's point of view? Or you know your focus determining your reality. Like I feel like that is one of the lessons that start, that George Lucas is trying to tell us of have empathy because people see things different ways from you. And if you want to really get along with people, you don't have to agree with them, but you do have to understand why they see things the way they do. Mm. It's a great final lesson in a lot of what George is trying to put out there, or did try to put out there. Yeah, going to that that Anakin Palpatine. That's a great warning. You yeah. heard you heard what you wanted. And Palpatine knew what to give you. That's a lesson. And and in just day-to-day conversations, close friends, family, relatives, yep, there's some things you're going to say. I don't like that. But 
we got to, we got to function. We got to live in this world. Right. You know? Yeah. And Jennifer, to your great point about the kind of connections between Luke and Obi-Wan of Luke getting to a point of like, all right, I was mad at Obi-Wan for telling me a half truth. <laughs> yeah. But now as I get older, I understand where Obi-Wan was coming from. Right. I don't know. I, get, I think yeah. to me, a lot of it just, it, it's a good reminder of unreliable narrator. The word unreliable doesn't mean bad or wrong. No. It's just, yeah. A storyteller. It's not necessarily a lie. Uh-huh, everyone uh, has a motivation. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that sounded <laughs> ominous. That really did. <laughs> 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 uh, can't, can't disagree with it. Final question. If someone was telling the story of your life, uh, would you like it to be an unreliable narrator? I mean, it's me, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be an unreliable narrator right. because they're going to remember things that are like you're talking about the Alec Baldwin story. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah, it's it's memory. One of my favorite episodes of 30 Rock is when Tina Fey's Liz Lemon goes back home to deal with all the high school reunion stuff and all the people that bullied her. And turns out she was the a-hole. Oh, yeah. She was the, she was the bully and she didn't see it. Right. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Great mm. concept. Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will uh, answer by saying uh, I would like R2 to write my life story because I, yeah. I, I trust R2. Yes. He would also put some swear words in there and that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, that we could have gone on. This is, uh, we always joke it's a supersized episode just means that's our normal-sized episode now. But we might have to come back to it. There's a lot of stuff there, but a lot of fun. Uh, Joseph, man, thank you. Uh, we were waiting to get to this one. And, yeah. And you, you took us through some great stuff there. And uh, Jen, you can still read all the Legends books. You want. <laughs> uh, we're going to dive into some audience questions here. We take uh, we like to take them from you on uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon. We'll tell you where to reach out later. Liam Kerrigan says, uh, since the Force Awakens gave us our first character with a Glasgow accent in the Star Wars universe, do you think there's a planet somewhere in the Star Wars universe where they all sound Scottish? And if so, <laughs> what do you think it looks like? All right, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do a bad Scottish accent, we're, Jen. We're all in agreement. <laughs> not to do a not Scottish to accent. do it. Uh, Jen, what do you think? What do you envision? I'm thinking the planet is, like, red. There's a lot of red. And, like, the ground is, like, kind of like moss, which would look like a like a curly beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, like it a, doesn't look like Scotland. It looks like a Scottish man. Like a Scottish man. <laughs> and there'd be a, a lot plan. of, like, tartan and plaid. That you, you're just, uh, just landing. Kidding. That's, All right. That's on. Tartan Prime. <laughs> tartan, tartan Prime. Prime. Yeah. Ooh, not to be confused with tartar sauce. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Everyone has a motivation. Jen is hungry for fish. <laughs> for fish and chips. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, I was looking this up because I do have to memorize things. It's Nivlek is the name of the character. Mm. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking, I have uh, been to Scotland. I've been to Edinburgh twice. I haven't been wow. to Glasgow. Uh, so I, I would love a planet that's just, it's all hills and uh, locks and castles and pubs and mystery writers everywhere. So. I love that <laughs> idea. I love that idea. Yeah, I'm fascinated with the idea of real life accents, you know, they have to be in Star Wars. I mean, you could change them. Well, in but, the man did yeah. just the George Lucas put the foot on the gas starting in the prequels and now it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Like this alien talks randomly <laughs> like this particular neighborhood in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, you know, and it's, it's it works when Diego Luna shows up and gets to keep his his accent that means to a lot of people, means things to a lot of people and should mean so with a good sky Scottish accent there. Uh, Aaron O'Nea says, uh, is it possible to have Black Spire Outpost appear in a film or TV show without feeling like an advertisement for the theme park? How can it be done? Great question, Joseph, because it's already starting to happen, and and uh, I'm overall positive but mixed on it myself. Where do you come down? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mixed on it as well. I think I was not feeling mixed on it. And then when we got that huge breakdown of news mm-hmm. of uh, what the actual Black Spire outpost is going to really be like in our real world, it, it did suddenly feel like, okay, I, I don't want too many stories where, like, I was standing by the blah, 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 where right. you can go stand and buy things. like. Eh. So I think it can be, it could uh, be great if it's maybe a different time period. Yeah. Mm. Or if episode nine has something that's, really planned and the park is in sync with it. Yeah. But even then episode nine, suddenly going to Disneyland might feel jarring. It, it, it's a cynical time we live in, but I don't think you'd be wrong if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. But I think different time period, yeah, yeah. you can get away, okay. away with it. I like that idea, Jen. This is a tough one. I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to, it's going to be just a brief scene. And I think yeah. someone's going to say black spire uh, in passing, and it's going to feel a little bit like an advertisement for right. me, at least. Uh, they'll do a nice job with it. It'll look really cool on screen. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we we didn't weren't fully aware when L three says it in Solo. It didn't right. come off because yeah. it seems so natural and everything. So I think it worked. I, like I love. There's that fine line again. I love that the drink that Padme orders in Thrawn Alliances is going to be there for me to order myself. Yep. I do love that. But if it starts getting over the top. Yep. It's going to be hard not to be cynical, but hey, we're here in this new modern era and mm-hmm. get to the park. Great question, Aaron. I'm sure a lot of people have the same thought and the same question themselves. On Patreon, taking a couple questions here. Tim Van Newland, uh, he asks, hey, Tim, what's up? He says, do you think, uh, do you guys think The Mandalorian will be released on Blu-ray after it's been on the streaming service for a while? It could contain behind-the-scenes stuff, deleted scenes, bloopers, and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. It's a great question, Jen. That's Physical media is on the way out, right? Great. Except for my house. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a great question because I never thought about the deleted scenes and bloopers. That's the stuff that we look forward to as fans. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're going to put it on the streaming service. I think that they are trying everything to channel, uh, channeling everything to that service. And so I don't think it's going to be released on Blu-ray. It'll just be released as a special thing mm-hmm. on the streaming service. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think the Mandalorian will be because mm-hmm. just because of what the market is right now of like yes, yes, physical media is probably on the way out. Uh, they, they, I think they're stopping a lot of companies are stopping production on Blu-ray players, but I think there are some of us who are going to fight for it. But the only reason I really think the Mandalorian is is like a couple of the big genre things, like Stranger Things, is all over physical media, yeah. and so is like Star Trek. Oh well, there yeah. you go. So yeah. I feel like there must be enough money there for Disney to go like, great. There's some people who are never going to sign up for the service, mm. right? Uh, you know, six months to a year later, here you just go to Target yeah. and give us more money. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, it's a revenue stream. Yeah, I look, hey, the, the season seven of Game of Thrones is the first season I've not bought the Blu-rays yet. Wow. And I kind of feel a little bit of the loss of the histories and lore behind a lot of the fun I had going into. And some of it might be available in certain places. Yeah. Deleted scenes, all that kind of stuff, special little docs. But I miss having it. But I'm also a collector, and I love putting things on the shelf. It's not just watching the physical copies. It's yeah. showing everybody. See that thing? I like it. <laughs> so, that's a big change. Uh, final one from R. Young on Patreon. As attitudes have changed over the years for the prequels to become more positive, do you think the same will happen with Solo? I thought it was a fun Star Wars movie. Uh, we think so as well. Time will always change perspectives, right, Joseph? Yes, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that Solo is a great movie. I think it is such, uh, kind of tying into what we're talking about today, I think it is such a just go and have fun with this this great you know movie, or you can dive in deep and it's got a lot of big juicy ideas. And I honestly think a lot of the criticisms, concerns that people had were very much about the time, about mm-hmm. when it came out, about oh we don't want to have another story about an original trilogy character. 
five years from now and Disney Plus is putting out fascinating things, you mm-hmm. know, to a year, then I don't think anybody will care that yeah. about that criticism of Solo. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of the things that people don't like will just drift away. Drift and they'll just away. see the movie for a fun Star Wars adventure that yeah. is possibly being told by R2-D2. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I had this conversation with my tax lady over the uh, weekend. She Great was like, tax session. Yeah, she was like, what did you think of the new uh, Star Wars, the solo film? And the way that she asked it, I was not quite sure where she was going with it. And I was like, uh, well, what did you think? <laughs> and she's like, I liked it. And she said it quietly. Yes, it's always that. Yeah. Look around. Don't yeah. tell anybody. Yeah. And I was like, I loved it as well. And she's like, it was so fun. I don't know why people didn't like it. So I think that there's a lot of that sentiment that's kind of going around. We're quietly whispering it to each other <laughs> yeah. wherever we go. But I think with time, it will increase and people will say, that was a really fun movie. Like yeah. A great soundtrack. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's very much okay to not like something. And if you're out there, if you didn't like it, that that's fine. And I think it's how people express you, how you don't or like, don't like or do like something is sometimes the, the trouble of the time. But I think uh, the prequels, the, the the lot changed when it was the generations were like, that's my Star Wars. Yeah. There will be someone who's like, Force Awakens is my Star Wars. Clone Wars is my Star Wars. Solo is what got me in. Mm. And that will help change the tide uh, overall. But I think individually, I still, still encourage people to go back and go, there's a lot of emotional canon stuff there. Don't that's worry about so how he got yeah. his last name. If you don't like that, that's fine. Yeah. I'd ask you to concentrate on Alden's face during that scene and see the character of Han Solo being born, but you might not. That's fine. Just have fun. Yeah. We'll see. Amazing film. Uh, great questions there. We're going to tell you where you can find uh, find that, but in the time we have left, we're going to talk about the power of the light side, Joseph, our new segment each week here on the show. That is right. Each week, uh, depending on how the Patreon is going, uh, so this is our $10 and above reward where uh, I ask people uh, to send in something that they love about Star Wars to just encourage the positivity. Uh, this week, we have something from Andrew Shortill. Andrew says, what I love most about Star Wars is the dual nature of the storytelling. I have a fairly high-stress job, and Star Wars allows me to switch off my brain and just get lost in what is in front of me. Or I can dig as deep as I want to into the nerd bubble and find all the nuance and subtlety that enhances the experience. No matter where I am in life, Star Wars is there to meet me and give me what I need. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That's right yes. there. That's yeah. it right there in not, a nutshell. Not only a, yeah, not only a, just like a beautiful statement, but kind of perfect for this episode yes. of Force Center that you can dive deep and go, who's telling this story? Or can you just go like, ah, it's cool when they have lightsabers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Both are great. Yes. Both are absolutely great. Having a little fun with Star Wars, being able to joke about Star Wars. Yeah. That part's silly. This part's great. And yes, Cool. We always talk about cool. It's part of the fun. And there's always something beyond the cool. What a great little uh, power yeah. lights. Yeah. Man. yeah. Thank you, Andrew. We love it there. And if you want to reach us uh, with a question, uh, you want to participate in the power of the light side, here's how some ways you can do it. Go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center Facebook page. It's Force Center Podcast. We have a website, net. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of places like Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. YouTube, we're there. Uh, more stuff coming. Uh, we are, we're slowly building that up, but we got the animated database 
Bank Brawl still on there. We've got our Phantom Menace Watch Along, Last Jedi Commentary, all that kind of stuff and more coming. But Joseph, specifically with the Power of the Light side, like you said, Patreon is where you can reach us for that. That's right. Uh, just a little while back, we refreshed it. So we have some new tiers. We have some new goals. So if you're interested in helping us keep the podcast going and growing, go to patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. We're on the way out of here. We got our own stuff cooking. Jennifer, what you got? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Jennifer Landa. My uh, latest Happy Beeps is up, so be sure to listen to it. It's all about masks in Star Wars. So cool. Very cool. Joseph. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, you can also find out all sorts of stuff I'm doing on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. They've got comedy albums on there. Uh, you can find out a live shows. I got one coming up in Los Angeles uh, this Friday. That's that game night variety show. My other podcast, Obsessed. All that stuff's on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack for the Knapsack Files, the afternoons, all the other stuff. Yes, uh, pre-order book. Uh, my book's out there for pre-order. Why We Love Star Wars with some beautiful words written by Joseph and Jennifer in it too yeah. uh, there so you can get that uh, search wherever fine books are sold and that is it supersized episode that just means a normal size so for all the unreliable narrators out there is this episode even done we'll see you next time on Force Center Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.